This is Global Bible Study, a World Christianity Project, connecting you to the Word and to the world of God. Hello, in this episode, Pastor Roberto Passos, a master's student in missiology at Brazil Adventist University, is my co-host. And to discuss about the site way to get involved, Pastor Kriftmont Shamiri Diem from Guiana, Pastor Elton holds a Master of Missiology and is a missionary in Japan. Dondor Kafran works as an English teacher in Sikkim, India. Welcome to Global Bible Study. This is episode number 10. This is very exciting. Once again, we have friends joining from different parts of the world. Uh, from India and Elton from Japan and Pastor Cliff from the US. So this is a really uh, good representation of uh, Adventists around the world. This week, we're talking about an exciting way to get involved. And uh, the, the general theme is making friends for Jesus. Our discussion begins with the, the understanding that even God himself has uh, a social aspect or a relational aspect uh, when we think of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit participating in the very first act in the Bible, the act of creation. Pastor Cliff, uh, what are some of the insights we can have? And how can we uh, apply them to our lives? Uh, just from the fact that creation, God himself works as a group, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Marcelo. It's a joy to be in this panel discussion on our lesson about um, a very important subject. It, sometimes we, we take for granted how important community is. And we see in scripture that we have glimpses of how God put importance on community and relationships on um, dialogues and interaction with people there there is that famous saying that some of us are familiar with no man is an island or no woman is an island which speaks volumes because we are not isolated beings we are we cannot function without community without interaction with others and and we are made in the image of God and we see that from the very beginning that in the Hebrew, the, the word that, spoke, that is used for, for God is in the plural form. And, and so God was in the very beginning, all, um, was in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if we um, use that in terms of our understanding of scripture, is very clear that God worked in community. And so this, this is, this is the, the example that has been given to us and, and it continues until the end in Revelation. And so I would say that, that ministry is, is community, it's, it's interaction, it's relationship, it's, it's, um, it's many people involved in the process. And so 
from, from my own experience of, of working, I've actually learned more about ministry than what I bring to the table, so to speak. When I interact with people from a different um, view of life, a different world religion. And so that has been a, a profound uh, impact on me as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Elton, uh, are there other examples in the Bible? How do we see uh, this same dynamic of a small group of people interacting and uh, fellowshipping together uh, in other parts of the Bible? Uh, I really like this part, um, this verse from Ecclesiastes 4 that says, like, two are better than one. <laughs> And then, like, when you have two, if you have uh, an opportunity uh, to help, you help. And if you if you have, like, uh, um, a difficulty in your life, like, you'll be helped by this person. Like, for me, this is uh, essential for our uh, daily lives. Uh, Jonker, you you live in a, in a culture that is very uh, collectivist. In other words, uh, people like to do things together and share life together. What are some of the advantages uh, of, of this perception of life? There are so many advantages that uh, we get a chance to share to other people. When we are with different religion, different culture, we have a chance to show to them how God loves us. We had a chance to, to share them how how God uh, protect us, how God care for us by, for example, like when we um, uh, play football, we we usually uh, communicate com communicate and combine with many with many peoples. And whenever we start we start a match, we always obviously like to invite them to pray. So when we pray, when we pray before the match, they will obviously ask us something. What is this? So from that, so we can we can share the love of God to them. That is accord according to my own understanding. Um, have another example here, for example. Uh, what providential counsel did the mother's father's-in-law, Jethro, provide that made the significant difference for Moses, in your opinion? This, this, is, this particular counsel is one that is that continues to baffled many of us um, who are professed um, in the faith Jesus Christ has given us. Here is Jethro who his own background does not totally reflect the, the tradition of the Israelites and yet still he had a, a formula that God has given him and the question is how did he get that formula and so that's a whole discussion altogether because God speaks not only to to Israel as a nation but he speaks to every person on the planet everyone is part of God's family mm -hmm. and God cares about every nation and so so it was quite um, a surprise to many today is like well here's Jethro who is a very wise man we, we know that that he was a leader in his community we know based on his wealth and his influence that he was a man that was well respected but God has provided him an, a unique opportunity to counsel Moses and to remind Moses how important it is to to learn from others 
And Moses, who has been schooled and raised in the Egyptian um, university, was receiving um, you know, lessons in leadership from a farmer, um, someone who has so much uh, experience about dealing with so many areas of life, practical life, so to speak. And, and so his counsel is that we can also reflect on and and those those models you mean the model of jetro is still being used today um it's still it's still a an um a, a practice that even in in ministry and outside of ministry this model is is being used so the principle that jetro shared is not just for ministry it's actually life mm-hmm. in general um and i can go even further there are lots of we call them scientific research, and that we refer to them today, that has done how much relationships can one human being um, have that we can consider genuine, and not just the casual, hi, hello, but deep relationships. I mean, the max is about 12. Wow. We, we, can't, we cannot go beyond that. <laughs> And so, 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 so that's that's um, that's verify how how what the Bible is actually saying. Now, that's true. That's true. Thank you, Pastor Cliff. Pastor Alton, we fast forward uh, the narrative in the Bible, and we come to the ministry of Jesus, and then uh, we see uh, some of the same pattern being used with his disciples, his primary uh, group of of learners of disciples basically, and we, today we talk about discipleship, basically, uh, going back to the example of Jesus and um, and his model. Uh, how, how do we see the dynamic or those dynamics happening in the ministry and the relationship of Jesus with his disciples and uh, some of the lessons we can learn from that? Yeah, like when I was reading the Sabbath school lesson, I remembered uh, the experience of uh, Pastor Francis Francis Chan. Like he had a like a mega church, and then he was feeling yeah. like, "Oh, there's something strange here. <laughs> like uh, people are not here. People are not here to meet God. Like they're they're here to meet the, the preacher." So like he gave he gave up of the ministry, and then he began to to try to apply this this teaching that Jesus uh, brought to us, like um, spreading the, this message uh, more personally, right? And it's interesting that like in, in, in one point of uh, Jesus' story, like uh, he, 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 he meets a person that like um, was not from his own people, like a Samaritan. Uh, and for me, this is amazing, right? This, this, this brings this idea of like universality of the gospel. Conquer, we don't, we don't always have big temples and big churches. Mm. And uh, this is true in, in many parts of the world. Uh, so I know that uh, you have experienced in India uh, ministry going from village to village and gathering the small um, groups of people to share the gospel with them. Share uh, a little bit of that experience with us. Uh, it is actually it's a, a very tough experience which we never used to experience before as a, a missionary. 
when we are, are going to uh, our mission field, we have only three months training, uh, which is in Falakata in West Bengal. We have a three months training there, and after that, they send us uh, with our partner to our own, own respective mission field. Uh, there are many states in India that they send us, they, and uh, they put us with our partner. Uh, one boy, uh, one boy, or two girls, or one boy and one boy, one girl and one girl. So um, when we when we move up to our mission field, there are so many experiences that we experience. Uh, we we have to face the thing that we never used to face before. The culture uh, it is totally not from the place that we 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 are safe uh, from our comfort zone. Where uh, in our own land we have to move out there and we have to face many things. Uh, the food is different. The culture is different. Different. The clothing is everything is different. What we have to do is we have to adjust with the uh, with the uh, situation or with the environment in our mission field. There, and there are so many things that um, we have to adjust. And um, there are so many experiences too. When we move out, we know that in India there are so many Hindus. Uh, mostly in uh, other states like uh, Bihar, uh, in uh, West Bengal, in Mumbai, in Delhi, there are so many. There are so many Hindu. It is so hard to to uh, convert them. It is so hard to to explain them because they did not know anything yet about Jesus. It is zero percent for them. So in order to to uh, to uh, uh, tell to them about Jesus, we have a long time. We cannot just uh, uh, to, uh, uh, share them about Jesus uh, in a short period of time. We, we have to uh, sit with them, communicate with them for a long time. So it is very hard for for for, for us. They even used to ask us a question that it is so hard to answer to them. Uh, when we told them about Jesus, we told them Jesus died for us on the cross and he is again and he is now he is in heaven. He, he, Ask us a question that uh, how can can he he resurrected again? He's dead. How can he resurrected again? It is a very tough uh, answer to give to them because um, yeah, because they did not know anything yet. It is a very tough experience and very tough uh, situation that we are going through. But even though uh, we try our level best to uh, share them uh, of God love, we did not go deep through the Bible, but we share them a bit. How 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 uh, Jesus loves us, and one one of the main thing we did is we used to go and help them in in the time of need. Like we we went and massage for them, and we went and communicate uh, with them. Uh, example, we go and play football with them, and we go to pray for them when they are sick. We go and help them in so many ways, and through that, by helping them, we get a chance to uh, to show Jesus love towards them. That is one of my best experience when I was in my mission field. Uh, when you see the first church in the in the New Testament, what you learn about the, how the the first church works in small groups and it's some elements you can use for your ministry. Maybe Pastor Elton can help us. When you see the first church and how the guys work, what you observe and use for your ministry. I think it's very interesting this uh, movement in, in South Korea where they emphasize uh, the small groups. Like, uh, I'm dating a, a South Korean girl, so uh, when she talks about like how this uh, 
small groups uh, of people like can can uh, work uh, um, with with the the community. It's it's very interesting because uh, here in Asia, this is something that I'm, I'm learning every day. Like we have to learn how to work in groups. And in 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 the New Testament, in in the Book of the Acts, we we can learn like a little bit and try to apply it in our realities. Like uh, because we have here at the same time this sense of uh, the importance of the group, but uh, because of uh, because of the the necessity, economical necessity, like people are always like in, in competition. Like uh, between uh, between themselves, so yeah, like this idea of acts like a group that it's helping like each other that are growing together in love. It's very interesting. Yeah, That's, yeah, Pastor Cliff, please. Yeah, well, one of the things the we can make this irrelevant yeah. to our um time period we we thank god that we have scripture that we can see um how the church grew in the new testament and even in the old testament large gathering was was not a um a norm there there was you know the 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 gathering for the festivals happened on on a ritual basis but everyday life people were living in the community and there was um, grandparents and children and cousins and they all live in that um, very communal setting but it wasn't like what we consider today or the only time we meet as a fam as a church family is in a large building um, that was that is that is not in scripture and and I'm sure um, Donker understands this because in India and even in Japan you would find that the communal setting is so important people that's how people live from do day-to-day activities and week to week month to month and but today we find that we have a diversity of culture and and also we have the the rigid um, practice of how we do church and, and how we do community. And we speak of church only when we are in a building. And, and in my own ministry experience, I find that those types of relationships are what we would call very shallow. And so pe- people don't even know the names of the individuals that they are worshiping with. And we say we have community. And and but that's not true in the biblical sense, not even a practical sense. Um, and and so so when we think about community, we're talking about having the opportunity for deep relationships, for be able to grow, to expand, to to reflect on your own journey. And, and but that has to come when you participate in the process. It's not a passive experience. And so, so I remember this um, particular experience when I was leading small groups at Andrews University, and and some of the some of the people that joined the the, um, the small groups were young people. I would assume. I mean, I was young then, but they were younger than me. And and they were dropouts from church. We call you know they stopped going to church. And, and, and as, as I listened to some of the people who were coming, I mean, first they were very skeptical. They were, uh, you know, nervous about being in a, in a small setting because the smaller the group you are, 
the tension is even higher because now you have you have to be transparent. There is no opportunity to hide in the crowd. But but this is what this is what Paul talks about. He said, "The closer I come to Christ, is the more that I'm able to see myself and as, as sinful, and to be able to grow in Christ." Mm. But it, but if if the if the environment doesn't allow for that, then it it just you just live what we call you know a. A, a fake life, you know, it's 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 just a, a facade, and I, I think that's this type of experience is is vital, is important because we see that in scripture over and over. Yet still we we gravitate towards the the mass gathering and less of of the community, um, closer relationship, and so that has taught me a lot about the importance of small group setting for for spiritual growth. Wow, that's uh, definitely the the high moment of this study and the key lesson that we are from we study. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, time has has gone now, and uh, we encourage each one to go back to your study guide and and just be dismissed. We have a tradition here. We really like to learn how to say Happy Sabbath in different languages. So, uh, if you can teach us, uh, let's say, uh, Pastor Elton in Japanese, uh, how do you say Happy Sabbath? Yoi Anso Konnichiwa. Okay. Thanks. Conquer. You probably know how to say Happy Sabbath in more than one language, but uh, maybe your mother language. Um, okay, uh, in, in Meghalaya, we used to say uh, Kublai Sabatan. To wish Happy Sabbath to other people in Meghalayan, way, Meghalayan language, we used to wish them Kublai Sabatan. Pastor Cliff? I, I, I don't speak another language. <laughs> <laughs> we wish uh, everyone Happy Sabbath and uh, hopefully Sabbath. And thanks for joining. Until next time, be global. <laughs> On behalf of our producer, Lucas Moreira, and all of us, thanks for joining Global Bible Study. We highly recommend that you study this topic in depth with your study guide. Don't forget to follow and interact with us on social media, on Instagram at World Christianity. Until next time. Bye.